I'm Mark Kilmer, and I listen to the movie Bunker Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Movie Bunker podcast with me, Matt. Hey, it's me, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hello, you're right. Yeah, I got like a, a volleyball with a face on it. That's now my friend. Your isolation buddy. My isolation buddy. <laughs> hey, isolation buddy, how are you? No, I don't stink. <laughs> so, what have you done with your wife and kids? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew I forgot something. <laughs> Uh, no, they're they're here. They're fine. Everyone's fine. It's um, it's weird. It's weird times. It doesn't feel quite real. Uh, but yes, we're all coping admirably. Yeah, we're down to the last few rolls of poo paper though. So we're like, Ooh. oh, are you really? Oh no, so you didn't. You've not been stockpiling like a motherfucker. Yeah, we. I've, I've walked past toilet roll. I've gone. No, I don't. I wouldn't normally buy toilet roll at this point. But yeah, now uh, now you don't, do you? You never walk past toilet roll anymore. You'd be like... You'd grab one or two, wouldn't you? You'd grab a couple, just in case. Or a trolley load like some of these <laughs> selfish bastards. Yeah. It's a bad time for humanity, isn't it? Let's face it. Well, everyone was out tonight clapping. Did they clap in your street for the NHS? We clapped. Yeah, we clapped. I'm, I'm clapping internally anyway, but uh, all the time for these people. But yeah, there was a, a little rumbling... Uh, eight I, o'clock. I, did, I, I didn't know about it at all, and then I, I was um, I heard about it. There's people talking on uh, my uh, my my phone, not people. <laughs> um, and then I thought, oh, uh, so I, I, I muted the television. And I put my head out, and there was quite a lot of clapping, which like, surprised me because we're not on one. We're not one of those roads. <laughs> and then I got, and then I got a little bit angry. So I'm like, none of these fuckers ever talk to anybody. <laughs> like, yeah, on yeah. This road. And then so, uh, yeah. It is a lovely thing. Um, I don't see why we have to wait for a horrible thing to happen before we start actually being pleasant to each other. Well, this is it. This is the sort of thing. Wars and um, deadly viruses bring people together, don't they? So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> or further apart in this last particular case. <laughs> yeah, long may it continue. So Hooray! anyone who's not listened to the Movie Bunker podcast before, we talk about movies that are critically panned. And then we try and watch them. Well, we don't try. We watch them. And then we try and find the good things to say about them. So, for instance, films that would have got maybe a less than 50% meta score on IMDb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and with a Rotten Tomato score that is, or at least a, a certified splatter of a movie on Rotten Tomatoes. We're not interested in, like, the cult bad movies. We're, you know, like no. The Room or whatever. Um, Sharknado. No, we're not interested in those. those. Those kind of little ones that might pass you by. So this episode, though, we we've got a special guest on, and this is another thing we do on our podcast: is that we get people from either movie journalism or any kind of movie background, if you like, to talk about a film that they love, that maybe their friends and their peers didn't, and they try to defend the honor of it, usually with a great deal of success. This episode <laughs> yeah. is no different. So this is uh, a great episode. We've got Ella Kemp, who's a freelance journalist, who's written for uh, Empire Magazine, Enemy, and other online sites. And we talk about the fa- a fantastic movie. I have to agree. You're going to disagree. What movie is that, Chris? The Greatest Showman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is the podcast you've been waiting for. So... Yeah, Hugh Jackman at his very best, in my opinion. And I know you don't, like, you don't like this movie. 
it's not it's not this movie it's not this movie's fault i hate fucking musicals oh man i don't like musicals i i i I got a hot low cringe factor when people start bursting into song i just it just makes me feel uncomfortable for them (laughs) it's really weird it's like yeah i don't know it must be a genetic trait because yeah it's not it's not in me to enjoy musical i like like music and i like film i don't like musical film (laughs) you're a bit of a what is it like a stony person inside aren't you in some respects well i think it's been mentioned in the past that i'm uh, fundamentally dead inside i don't think not liking musicals is necessarily attributed to my lack of soul um but maybe it is i don't know i yeah it's just i have a, a very low embarrassment factor okay well <laughs> i think you ought to snap yourself out of that especially in these difficult times because this is the movie that's going to bring you well i tell you what plus the greatest showman has to answer for an awful lot of fucking awful school musical shite that i've had to sit through as well where people try and well i say people children and when i say children in my children <laughs> try and sing these songs and to be fair they're not the greatest songs in the first place and they <laughs> murder them it's awful no 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 matthew no, it's a beautiful thing. You can't say that because these these songs are fantastic. They all are. This is the only good thing about this movie in some respects is that the the, the songs elevate it to what would might ordinarily be quite... One, one good song. No, one no, 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 no. And when your children are on stage in a school thing and oh. they're singing, and every night I lie in bed, but they That's, don't sound like that, Chris. No, <laughs> That's the they problem. Don't. Even in your fake little child uh, voice, <laughs> <laughs> you sounded a lot better than I said. They barely know the words. They miss out huge sections, and it's no, but to bed. <laughs> uh, and that's that's what you get for your money. When this film's done. Well, let's play the interview because I think we're touching. <laughs> we're touching. You've you. You're sh- you've shocked me. Uh, it's just uh, musicals. It's not just this one. This is probably the best one of the lot, but it's still awful. It makes you feel bad inside. Well, after the interview with Ella Kemp, if if anyone's still out there listening, <laughs> we're we're going to talk about the Razzies again because we talked about the Razzie nominations. Not the winners. But we're going to talk about the winners. Yes. So here's the interview. Hello and welcome to the Movie Bunker podcast. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Ella Kemp. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Is this your first time on the bunker? It is indeed. Yeah. Very excited yeah. to be here. Oh, excellent. So you are freelance movie journalist or journalist in general? Uh, yeah, so I kind of cover mostly film, TV and music, but yeah, lean more towards film. Um, I run the film section uh, at The Quietus and uh, the editorial platform uh, for Girls on Tops, where we publish film-themed essays by women and non-binary people. Written for sort of Little White Lies, Sight and Sound, and and Empire magazine. Yeah, that's right. And I also, on top of editing, I kind of write freelance reviews and features and things for, yeah, Little White Lies, Enemy, Empire, and Sight and Sound mainly. The best magazines out there. Absolutely. (laughs) And what's um, Girls on on top tees because I've, I've sort of been seeing some posts and bits and pieces about that and I'm fairly new to it so what's, what's that yeah. all about? Uh, so Girls on Tops is a t-shirt brand uh, which was founded 
basically, honestly, after a screening of uh, 20th Century Women's, where it was Louisa Maycock and Jake Cunningham who were watching it and saw, I think it's Greta Gerwig in the film, uh, she wears a Talking Heads t-shirt. And they thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool if, if women uh, were on t-shirts like rock stars? So that's literally how the company started. And now it is, um, yeah, it's a t-shirt company. It's white t-shirts with the names of women in film, just in plain black lettering, really. So there's... Yeah. Everyone from kind of Greta Gerwig, um, Celine Sciamma, Lulu Wang, Maya Deren, um, and yeah, and we now run um, an editorial platform which has kind of come with sales of t-shirts and um, and yeah, and we kind of run a new essay every week. It can be kind of an analysis, a personal essay, an interview, um, just kind of carrying on the mission, championing yeah. women in film. Well, let's get on to the, the task in hand uh, and discuss mm. the movie that you've that you've chosen today. Um, so I chose to speak about The Greatest Showman, um, which came out not too long ago. Uh, I think it's, we're coming up to a year and a half or something. Yeah, two, 2017 was its, its release. And yeah. what a fantastic movie. I, I mean, I agree. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Can I add your attention? You're all dismissed. Bankrupt. Better luck with your next job. I am not a stranger to the dark. <sighs> this is not the life I promised you. Not even close. Because we don't want your broken parts. Girls, I think I've had an idea. Look out, because here I come. T. Barnum, at your service. I'm putting together a show. And I need a star. Every one of us is special. And nobody is like anyone else. That's the point of my show. Ready? Showtime. difference by being like everyone else I can't just run off and join the circus why not I mean, you clearly have a flair for show business for show business mm -hmm. I've never heard of it because I just invented it It was kind of sniffed at by quite a lot of professional journalism uh, when it came out. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of unanimously. I mean, yeah. at, at that time when it came out, I don't think to my memory... No, I didn't see it at a preview screening or anything. Mm. Um, so I'd kind of heard echoes from some of my friends and colleagues who'd been to see it. Yeah, almost unanimously, the consensus was that it was a bad film. But I mean, then I went to see it and uh, I thought it was a good film. Uh, then I went to see it again, and I thought it was an even better film. And then I went to see it again, and it's a great film. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> for those listeners who've been living under a rock for two years, uh, mm -hmm. The Greatest Showman, I'll read out the, the Rotten Tomatoes kind of movie info spiel, is inspired by the imagination of P.T. Barnum. The Greatest Showman is an original musical that celebrates the birth of show business and tells of a visionary who rose from nothing to create a spectacle that became a worldwide sensation. And so... It's kind of like Hugh Jackman's dream vehicle. 
in the fact that he's front and center and doing, I think, what he's always proclaimed to be his greatest love. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I, I think you can really feel that he he's ha- that he's having the time of his life, but also that he cares so deeply about everything that's being put into this story and everything that can be put out into the world from it. I get the impression uh, of Hugh Jackman anyway that he's such a passionate. Uh, well, wow, he's an amazing guy. I mean, he's yeah. What an amazing I mean, chap. <laughs> I feel like from this film and I mean as we say across all films but this film in particular it does feel like he just he not only wants to be good which you know is a pretty standard goal for an actor but I feel like he really wants to do good with his yeah. performance and just kind of make because I think that's not always the case and it doesn't always have to be the case for a lot of good films but I, I think this the Greatest Showman is on such like a painstaking mission to make its audience just feel nice and just like leave feeling like a little bit lighter and yeah i mean <laughs> i really needed to watch that every time that i did <laughs> it's a film that on paper speaking personally sorry that i, I shouldn't like because it has <laughs> all the all the kind of the tropes and the and just the, the the genre really which i'm kind of in my old age warming up to a little bit my wife took me to see this and she was desperate to see it um so okay i went along completely expecting to be uh, not blown away if, if you like but I was mm-hmm. pleasantly sucker punched into submission um, yeah. because it you turn you can turn your nose up at some of the, the corniness and some of the story tropes that are delivered but I mean ultimately you, you nailed it really in terms of how it makes you feel the songs mm-hmm. really elevate this to something beyond a, a standard musical in my opinion it's a real modern classic yeah absolutely I mean oh god the music in this film is just in my opinion, it's completely outstanding. Um, yeah. A bit of trivia that I shouldn't share for the sake of my credibility, but I'm going to share anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, at the end of uh, last year, um, Spotify users got sent their kind of end of decade um, yes. stats. Mostly it kind of seems, you know, to, to make sense in terms of artists and whatnot that I listen to. Um, but then it came onto the page of the songs. And for some reason, it, it shows you, I think it's the five songs that you've listened to the most this decade. Yeah. And four of them were from The Greatest Showman. Yeah. I, it's just, I mean, I, like, I understand it, but I just, uh, it's, it's, it's quite, it's, it's baffling, really. I, yeah. I listen to that music so often. Um, I must say, I mean, I, I like movie musicals a lot on, <laughs> on Spotify. I always listen to Hairspray and Mamma Mia and things like that. But mm. yeah, I do remember it was particularly kind of the months after you know, I saw Greatest Showman for um, the first three times, that I just listened to that soundtrack so much. It's also, it's the, um, it's the songwriters who did music on La La Land. Um, mm. It's Ben Pasek and Justin Paul. I mean, they're terrific. I think yeah. this, if, if, if I wasn't sure before, I think The Greatest Showman really cemented for me that any film in which they're involved, you know, I'll be there again and again and again. Yeah, it's a shame that it didn't gel with with critics as well as the the audience because this is one of those great stories of a of a movie really finding a proper audience because if you look at take Rotten Tomatoes and we always take these things with a pinch of salt anyway but it's a you know a certified splat on that uh, website in terms of of its score so it's 56 percent um, which is mm-hmm. low, but then audience score is 86%. And you go to something like yeah. IMDb, which is, you know, updated constantly because there's always reviews obviously coming into that, you know, no matter how old the film is. And it's climbed so high that it's kind of like a 7.6, which for us, we wouldn't even touch for this podcast because it's too, yeah. you know, it's too good. But the, uh, obviously the, the, 
the movie going public have voted with their with their wallets in terms of this because it it, mm-hmm. it made a lot of money to a stage show and yes you say the spotify chart thing was out i mean i had the same thing but i mean i can i you know, i wasn't maybe personally listening to the album but in my house the album <laughs> sure. the album was yeah 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 a friend was listening to it on my device yeah. um the the album was played relentlessly the quality of the songwriting as you've touched mm-hmm. on is 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 something you don't get very often i mean you take something like cats for instance which oh, which i've God. not yet seen but uh, you know I it's, not, it's not worth it it's Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of want to see it. I ha- it's one of those things I'm going to have to see. I'm going to have to I see know, it because yeah. <laughs> it'd be great to review it. Um, but yeah. uh, for my, you know, the criticism on that movie is that, is that the songs weren't great in the first place. I find Cats and Greatest Showman quite uh, interesting points of uh, comparison, actually, because when Greatest Showman came out, uh, I was working as an usher in a cinema at the time, and um, you know, I was on I was on many shifts while this film was coming out. And I mean, first of all, it was selling out all the time, um, which, you know, as we can say, proves that people were really using their wallets. Um, And also this is kind of, this is uh, an everyman cinema in Surrey where, you know, they're not, they didn't tend to be big movie fans and it wasn't a cinema that sold out very often. So to me, it felt like when, you know, when you had back-to-back sold-out screens, you could tell there was something really special kind of happening, um, reaching every corner of the world, really. Mm. Um, And I mean, I remember kind of, at least after about 80% of screenings when we'd stand outside and wait for people to come out and, you know, we'd kind of politely, as ushers, we'd politely ask, oh, how did you find it? Did you like the film? We have people like yelping with joy and just Mm. really kind of just beaming with enthusiasm. Um, Mm. There was a couple of screenings when, you know, we were kind of clearing out the screens and there would be women. Unfortunately, I must say, in my experience, it was exclusively women, but I refuse to believe that, you know, only women like the film. But um, Mm. Yeah, there would be kind of groups of four or five women who would like be singing along with the credits um, and just kind of like making up their own dance routines and everything. Um, my favorite instance was uh, there was a time, I think it was like a mid-afternoon weekday kind of screening. And um, it was quite quiet. There weren't too many people there. And uh, a couple of teenage girls come out and I say to them, oh, you know, did you like the film? How's the screening? I say, yeah, it was really good. And then they say, oh, uh, c- can we ask you something? I said, yeah, of course. And um and they say, um, was w- was that a sing-along screening? And I said, <laughs> um, I don't, uh, I, I don't know actually. I mean, and I kind of tried to reassure them and say, oh, you know, any screenings are, you know, sing-along screening if you want it to be. And then they kind of laughed and they're like, yeah, yeah. And then they specified they were like, oh, because because we were singing, but the, the the guy in the row opposite us like kept looking at us a bit weirdly. Right. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it was not a sing-along screening, I'm afraid. Um, for Cats, I went, I went to see it at a public screening at that same cinema that I don't work at anymore. And it was, um, it was, it was a full screening as well. So you know, word of, word of mouth had spread. I, I'd kind of seen on Twitter lots of people were talking about like really riotous screenings and like great fun because it was so bad. I did not have that in my experience. It was literally just my friend and I kind of sat next to each other, just like silently squirming. And mm. kind of every every now every now and then we'd like look over at each other and just wonder like what what is happening. And the whole room was silent as well. Um, so, you know, I know we're not here to talk about that, but- kind No, of, but it's a contrast, isn't it? Potentially that's what they were definitely after was like re- reproducing or, or that, that yeah, kind of energy. Um, but it, this is like a lightning in a bottle type situation, I think for The Greatest mm. Showman, because I don't think there'll be, I'll be very surprised. I know we had La La Land as well, which is, which is equally, I guess quite quite good and catchy and, and had, had some great set pieces and, and music in it. But this this I kind of feel that the Greatest Showman is going to be a one off for quite a long time in terms of 
capturing and you know bringing something to the screen which is university loved by the people i mean the one thing that i can think about um that might make a difference uh is in the heights coming up this summer well it's based on lin-manuel miranda's um stage show and yeah. uh, i think he's written the script for this and everything um i haven't seen it and i'm not so familiar with it but to me it feels like you know from from the man who created hamilton if anyone is gonna kind of trump Pasek and Paul in terms of what they've done uh, musically and mm. um, it'll be him so you know I'm curious about that but my heart belongs to The Greatest Showman. Yeah and so it should. So <laughs> the critics the critics that didn't like it would just delve into some of the bits that they, they kind of picked out as, mm. as basically what didn't work and we won't spend too much time but the general consensus is the fact that the story took so many liberties with the sub i mean the subject matter was basically yeah. curved if if you like for once for a better word and like so pt barnum was in is is in this movie a thoroughly nice chap um yeah. but the reality is quite different i believe yeah um i mean i must say uh i i wasn't very familiar with his story at all um and i can't I can't claim that I'm an expert now either, but uh, yeah, I did hear a lot about this, that the, there was a lot of historical inaccuracies. Um, and while I think that in some instance, in a lot of instances, you know, if, if you're doing a biopic and you're claiming to, the important thing is to tell this one person's story to show the world the truth, then that matters. But I've, I don't think that that's what matters in this film. And you know, as we say, he comes across as a very nice guy, but kind of the things that I remember enjoying from this film, I think are the the result of kind of a combination of things. So it's like mm. him and all of the other people he enables and the various relationships um, and, you know, all the musical numbers and just how um, visually lovely it is. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I can imagine if, if they'd stayed closer to history, it, it it wouldn't have been a very nice film. Um, no, no, it's, it, it sets, um, yeah, it, it kind of sets the scene. It's a kind of, a, it's a, it's a, it's a vehicle for, for the songs and the music and the spectacle mm. of the circus. Yeah. Um, P.T. Barman being noticeably sort of criticised for you know, taking advantage of the, the people that he had working for him and being a sensationalist mm. and all that sort of thing and uh, a womaniser. And we see a little bit of that, but not, you know, he avoids, I guess, yeah. doing, you know, he obviously turns down uh, Rebecca Ferguson's advances advances as mm -hmm. that character and obviously gets misconstrued by his, his wife at the time. Michelle Williams. Yeah, who's equally good in this, I think, as well as playing this yeah, kind of devoted, amazing. devoted, yeah, and, and she puts up with a lot from him, really. And actually, this weirdly, uh, I'm making like a very brief tangent, but it reminds me of a film actually coming out in cinemas um, this week called True History of the Kelly Gang, which is, you know, revisiting um, the myth of Ned Kelly. And it's directed by Justin Cazell, and he, like, openly admits to kind of basically picking and choosing what he wanted out of the, well, true history of, you know, this, this Australian uh, outlaw. And, and you know, I, I, again, don't know so much about Ned Kelly, but, you know, I think that film is also a very good film. So mm. I think I have a problem with, like, historical accuracy not matching up when that is very clearly the intention which you know is often the case where you want to make a very realistic biopic but i think when kind of the, the direction and performances and just everything about it feels so deliberately heightened and on such a deliberate mission to um please or entertain or kind of make an audience feel something specifically i don't mind how they get there honestly speaking of hugh jackman and um, he does have an amazing role coming out soon. I don't know when it's reaching the UK, but it's coming out in April um, 
in the US. And he plays a high school superintendent, Frank Tassone, and he's a high school superintendent. And so this film is based on his true story. It's called Bad Education. His performance, again, is absolutely incredible in this. It's not a musical. It's definitely much it's a very different kind of sense of humor and it's like quite prickly territory and it revisits one of the biggest um school embezzlement scandals yeah but his i mean his performance in that it's just it, it it feels like the kind of performance where you can tell that he's very comfortable with kind of theatrical and over the top uh big performances because he's kind of quiet and secretive throughout but you can always feel there's just like so many things buzzing around in his brain um mm. You can tell the greatest showman is like stuck in his head and he's having to like wear these suits and pretend that it's not basically. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that's really good. <laughs> okay, two more points before we kind of uh, maybe uh, go go away and listen to the soundtrack again would be that <laughs> the film length as well is, is a really nice and neat running time. It's just over 100 minutes, which is always a great mm. thing to celebrate in my yeah. point of view. Uh, and the yeah. box office, as we talked about money, the box office is really impressive because uh, the budget was 84 million and then it 434 nearly 435 million and that's obviously would include all um obviously dvd sales and things by now mm. uh, and obviously any downloads and things so it's it's incredibly impressive ella you've you've, <laughs> you've defended uh, the greatest showman with honor and you, know, you didn't really need to i was a captive audience anyway <laughs> thank you ever so much for coming on and singing the praises of this fantastic film and, and for anyone who's sniffy about this kind of genre and you know maybe feel that they've heard too much of the songs already because they've kind of been redone by other people mm-hmm. i would say and i think you would agree Put that aside and chill out with a nice bottle of whatever and some popcorn and enjoy The Greatest Showman for what it is. Yes, I, I would completely agree. You know, I will, I, will, I will respect people's opinions who, who dislike it. But if anything, you know, it won't make me angry. I just think it's a shame um, that they can't <laughs> find as much joy in it as I can. Uh, <laughs> you know, no, but I, th- I think it's important with, um, you know, I know... Cinema doesn't have to exclusively make people feel, make people, when it does, which I think this film does, you know, I think we've got to hold on to that with everything we've got, really. Okay, Ella, what could we find you doing next, or what, what kind of projects have you got coming up? So, uh, coming up, I'm kind of working on uh, various features and interviews. Um, we've always got some really great, some, some great profiles and essays coming up on Girls on Tops. So if you just Google Girls on Tops, read me, um, you can see a lot of brilliant writers we've got on there and yeah just kind of catching up with all the movies <laughs> yeah well um, and there's loads of them too yeah i mean <laughs> the next big thing for me will be uh, i will be going to Cannes film festival so yeah looking forward to kind of really kicking off it's kind of where the year really kicks off again yeah um, yeah where's what's your sort of yeah. online twitter handles and things so you can find me uh, on Twitter at Ella underscore Kemp, that's K-E-M-P, and then on Letterboxd, which I use probably far too much. Um, it's just my full name, Ella Kemp. Fantastic. Well, thanks ever so much again, Ella, for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. If we were to draw a graph of my process of my method, something like this, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, action. Wizard, you shall not pass! Cut! Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian. Great chat, Chris. Yeah, it was a good one, wasn't it? I mean, we're very lucky to have these fantastic people coming on our show and elevating it from this sort of, uh, well, from it the bunker. Made, it almost made me not hate the film. That's how good that chat was. Yeah, well, you're going to sit down and watch it tomorrow, aren't you, with the children and go, do you know what, Chris? And uh, Ella, you were both right about this movie. And I, mm. 
And then my children get up at the end and absolutely nail. Every night I lie in bed. I'll be like, oh my God, the voice of an angel coming at my children and they know the words. Yeah, brilliant. And you could, you're, you're like a coach to them now. I mean, that little rendition you did then was fantastic. Hey, I'm nothing but nothing talented. <laughs> You've got it. You've got it where it counts. Um, so yeah, Razzies. Razzies. They came oh. and went with a little bit of a like murmur. I mean, I was, I kind of expected to have the fanfare and... We didn't kind of get it. It's because they've moved online to like a YouTube only type thing. It's oh, no, bit... I think they were going to have a thing this year because the last couple of years it has been, um, you know, online only. But this year they were going to have a thing. But then the virus that we've all heard about, stupid virus, got mm. ruined it. So they just did a, a big online. Oh, bit windy pops here. Sorry. <laughs> they did a big online one instead. So. Yeah, the lockdown well, edition is what they referred it to as. Okay, well, cool. I mean, at least um, at least we get to see what the winners are. But I mean, we we kind of called in our a couple of episodes ago. We talked about the nominees, obviously, and we kind of had a feeling out there, a kind of cat shaped <laughs> feeling that there was yeah. going to be one overriding winner to every category, and it was cats. And hold on, Good were we right? We were right, with the odd hey. exception. So we're going to whiz, we're going to whiz through this because there's no, it's no surprises. We don't have to bore you to tears with this, but let's go through it. So worst picture was obviously cats. cats. Yeah. So <laughs> we won't go through the nominees again because um, you can go and listen to a past podcast for that. Uh, worst actor was not cats or anyone from cats, but it was uh, John Travolta for the fanatic and trading points. So trading paint. But the reason sorry. it wasn't cats is because there was no cats nominees in that particular that is a good point you've made. I'm glad that David Harbour didn't win for Hellboy because we thought actually that was a pretty good turn in that. That, was, that wasn't too bad. Yeah, there was. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, that's John Travolta's award, right? Everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm pleased that uh, the worst actress went to Hilary Duff uh, for the Haunting of Sharon Tate, which we haven't seen, and didn't go to Francesca Hayward, who was a breakout role for Cats, because I think that would have been fucking unfair considering it's a bit mean right she's this is her first movie and it's gone so horribly wrong for her and to get a, a worst actress nomination is, is pretty bad in itself worst supporting actress rebel wilson cats yeah so rebel wilson comes up again later on in uh some other category which we'll get to in a minute but she mainly the worst actress in rebel as in the hustle in the hustle that's the one the film that we have seen and recently reviewed which kind of thought was okay uh, Worst supporting actor, <laughs> I think, is pretty bang on on this one, and I haven't even seen the movie. But I'm not entirely sad about James Corden winning anything in terms of razziness. Um, yeah. But he plays a cat in <laughs> Cats, doesn't he? Wow, really? Uh, yeah. And tell uh, me more, Chris, of your encyclopedic knowledge of film. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, James Corden wins Worst Supporting Actor, and I don't think anyone there is shocked by that. Worst Screen yeah. Combo. Oh, Worst Screen Combo. It's Cats again. They win. Hey. So, <laughs> worst Director Tom Hooper for Cats. Shopping. Worst Screen like, Screenplay Cats. <laughs> worst Remake. Worst Rambo. Cats isn't a remake, so. It wasn't in there. Rambo. Reckless disregard for human life went to Rambo in the end and not the Joker, which was a weird one anyway. So uh, I guess if, if the Razzies are our spirit animal, mm. then the Razzie Redeemer Award is our spirit animal spirit award. Yeah. This is, this is kind of what we're about, right? This is about finding something actually go, actually, all this shit. 
this person used to be shit or this film is shit for this, this one thing elevates it. Yeah. And um, Eddie Murphy won this for Dollar by My Name, and I'm definitely going to watch that. I've seen it a couple of times pop up on my feed. Yeah. And um, now I know that it's a thing that I need to watch, especially scenes where it beat out, beat out, beat off. <laughs> um, Adam Sandler and Uncut Gems, um, which is an uncomfortable, really edgy film, like by, but Adam Sandler's brilliant in that. So if he's better than Adam Sandler, uh, then that is a film well worth watching. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll be, um, going for that one as well i'd love to see a dollar mate is my name but it's one of those movies that looks so interesting but it's everything else seems to take its place like i don't know anything that we've done on this podcast to be honest but yeah, yeah definitely going to seek that one out and have a have a little play on that one uh, that sounds weird uh, watch that. <laughs> so yeah so watch cats that cats was the winner we, we knew it was going to be i mean from the press and everything else beforehand we haven't seen it uh, mm. we knew it was going to pick up everything i'm more excited than ever to watch it now because of this our job it it's going to be a tough ask i think to find a redeeming feature maybe francesca haywood will be the thing we pull out of that film yeah i hope um, so but uh, i'm gonna pay for it and i'm gonna pay for it yeah that's how much i want it i'm not even gonna wait for it to be free i'm it's like pay. it's like catnip to us isn't it this <laughs> yeah it is i mean, i really want to watch it so bad um, did you hear the the little, I don't know if it was a fake story or not, that was going around on Twitter that an, the effects company for Cats was asked to remove all fake CGI cat butts. They had but, buttholes. They, they had buttholes. Yeah, so basically they were put in and then they asked the effects company to take them all out. But Why actually, would you put in a butthole? Well, apparently it wasn't a butthole, but it was, from what I heard today... The way that the the fur on the back of the body basically met on the on right. the bottom area, it appeared as if it was like a widow's peak. Yeah, <laughs> twist, twist of hair. It appeared to look like a butthole. So they had the effects company go back in and remove that little like render uh, so that it didn't look like a bat, uh, a cat anus. Right. Okay. So yeah. Whenever I, when I watch it now, I'm just gonna try be looking to out for that screen cap any buttholes that I see. Well, I mean, it's to be fair, I do that anyway. Money well spent. I mean, to be honest with you, they should just let the fuck let them the buttholes in. I mean, let them be. So now there's a thing going on on Twitter. A hashtag release the butthole cut. Um, <laughs> we want more butts. So yeah, if that's your thing, there you go. That's your thing. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, if you like the podcast and you're new to it, or if you're not new to it and you listen to us all the time and you haven't yet dived onto the device you're listening to it on. You got time on your hands. Oh, yeah. Doors. Wash those hands, but then also type a filthy review. Wash them again. Well, a good review, actually, of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, give us five stars. It would be great for us to get a little bit climbing on the old uh, chart. Or, um, or not. At this point, I'm happy with honesty. <laughs> you know, yeah. just if we, if we think we're three, we could pick up this or that, whatever. Let yeah, us know. Give us some feedback. I mean, yeah, if you're not happy with anything that we do, let us know. Because at the moment, we're just doing this and no one's telling us either way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. But and to be honest with you, just search for the Movie Bunker podcast. On the site, the site, site. yeah, Yeah, and uh, all the links are there as well to our social media. But until next time, I guess we'll do a movie and we'll release what that is closer to the time. So, in the meantime, bunker down, obviously, and uh, take care of each other. We are now that is that's 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 a keeper now, really, right? Isn't it? Bunker down because 
it's a thing now, right? Yeah. I mean, people are jealous of a bunker. I can hear them scratching at the door. Don't let them in. <laughs> don't let. That's, don't. That, that's a message for the world. <laughs> <laughs> don't let them in. This is our bunker. We had yeah. it first. Oh. But, but the thing is, oh. come into the bunker, but be prepared to watch a fucking shitload of films that are bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we tried to let a few people in. We opened the door and go, yes, there's plenty of room. Um, just move the Master of Disguise DVD and um, you'll find cats on in the front room. And they, 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 then they don't want to come in anymore. <laughs> so, Fuck that, I'll get the virus. Uh, and yeah, just, I'll um... take my chances with the virus. <laughs> Well, until next time, then uh, bunker down. Enjoy, enjoy the fucking virus. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave that there, man. That's fine. <laughs> enjoy oh, your virus time. <laughs> <laughs> but good luck, everyone. Cheerio. This is worse than fucking Return of the King, man. <laughs> Just say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Bye.